Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5, Truth. All that and more right after this we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer chair, we have the incomparable J. Scotty St. Clair. How are you doing, buddy? Doing excellent. Thanks for having me back. How are you guys? Dude, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. Um, we, we're, I'm so pumped to talk about this episode with you guys today. Um, what, what are your initial thoughts? Like, what, what'd you think? Yeah. The Scotty Corner. Yeah, the Scotty Corner. Ashley gets a corner. Scotty gets a corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody puts Scotty in the corner. <laughs> Nobody puts Scotty in Nobody the corner. Nobody puts Scotty in the corner, except <laughs> if it's to have a Scotty Corner. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. Uh, for me, I, I got to say right off the bat, like this is one of my favorite episodes of the season. We didn't get the most action, but the action that was there really packed a punch. Mm. And then like as far as just Sam and Bucky's relationship, it came so full circle in this episode. That's my big takeaway. I, I'm riding real high. Yeah. yeah. Me too. The love that those guys share for each other. Like you can you can just see it. Those mm-hmm. guys, oh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are such good actors and the way that they portray the the nuance and subtlety of two guys that like are you know they're the manly men but like they absolutely love each other and would be there in a heartbeat for each other it's so good yeah there's so many great moments in this and we'll get into all that i i, I love absolutely love that relationship and the way it's portrayed in this and finally get bucky opening up a little bit and it I love the smile that flashes across Sam's face when Bucky finally opens up because it's like he knows the soldier's not going to take him forcing advice on him, but he knows when Bucky is ready that he's going to open up and ask for help. And that's what happens. And it's in that moment that this smile flashes across Sam's face and he's like, oh, it's advice time. Like, I'm allowed now. He is asking me. He's like giving me permission to step into his world and tell him what I think, yep. you know, and that's such, yep. such a great moment. Um, speaking of the action, uh, you, you mentioned Jay Scotty, like packing a punch that first scene. I agree. There's very little action in this last episode. We had three wonderful action set pieces, but none right. of them were as emotionally, um, driven as this. This actually reminded me a lot of civil war. Yes. Like that whole yes. fight sequence. And I mean, not only is it like a tech guy fighting a super soldier while Bucky runs around in the background, but like, it's also, <laughs> it's not the only reason it's like that. It also just had this emotional weight and like grittiness to it where, where they're just <laughs> grabbing the shield and throwing it down. It was just so good. It's so gritty and real. And I, fe- none of the, uh, the three, like I said, three fight sequences last episode, last episode, none of them felt like this one smaller fight sequence really. And it's so contained. It's, 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 it's also in a big concrete structure. Like it's very civil war. This is, oh, yeah. I loved yep. it. I yep. loved it. I, I love that you, you break it down to its core. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, Bucky and Captain America are in the same room with a guy that can fly. (laughs) That's that's the important thing. Literally a guy with Stark tech, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The the, the parallels were not lost on me. Yeah. (laughs) When you get to its core, you know, shifting allegiances, whatever. But no, like, you're right in that there was so much emotional weight uh, Mm -hmm. in, in that scene. Like, it... 
it packed a punch. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and even though Walker is not, they're fighting a guy who we view as a villain. I think at, at least at this, at this moment, he is a villain. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think he has a possibility of redemption still, but I think he is a villain in this moment. And like, he is, even though he's a villain, I still understood his motivation in a way that like was similar to how I feel when I'm watching Civil War, you know? It's yeah. just, it's just wonderful. And the way that, the way that he's just having that breakdown over Lamar. Yeah. And like, why didn't I listen to you? Why didn't, you know, why didn't I, ah, uh, why didn't I? just questioning himself and then he tries to convince himself and i guess he does convince himself or at least he's he's leaning into the lie that the guy that he killed is the guy that that killed lamar mm-hmm. right just so that he can be okay with what he did yeah. and oh god and all that blood on the shield and oh the blood on the shield oh, two amazing iconic shots one is Every time you see the blood on the shield is amazing, but like when he is kneeling in the, that beam of sunlight and trying to, and thinking about Lamar and just like really struggling with what he just did, that yeah. is that is really intense and a beautiful and iconic shot. And then a, mm-hmm. then after the battle, and Sam looks with like tears in his face, like tears behind his eyes. He's not he's not actually crying, but like you can tell the emotions are so raw, and he is wiping the blood off the shield. Like, yeah. like this shield means so much to him as it does to Bucky. And that's what the show is about. How much this symbol, how much this friend of theirs, Steve means to them and this, him wiping the shield of the blood. Like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's yep. Great. I know we need to move on, but this is just the last thing I want to say about that, that, that fight sequence. Like a lot of people have been talking about how with like six episodes, you've got like the, the two episode um, act structure. And like by the end mm-hmm. of this episode, we were supposed to be at the lowest point. Or at the end of the last episode, excuse me. But by the end of this fight, that is when we were at the lowest point. And like you mentioned that moment with Sam trying to wipe that blood off. That's when you get the full gravity of how, how badly the shield has been tainted. And one of the takeaways for me is how Bucky left the shield there with Sam. And at that point, it shows where their relationship is still at, at that point. The way he just kind of like leaves it there begrudgingly. But by the end of the episode, like, you know he wants Sam to have the shield and he reveals that he was part of that plan was, was Steve to actually mm. make him the man to have the shield and the apology yeah. that he gives him just so, so poignant. It's so the, the way that he the, laid down the shield, the like, again, Sebastian Stan being a fantastic actor. He's, it looked to me like he was saying like, look what you did by giving this away. Like this mm. blood on the mm. shield is on you. Mm-hmm. And then he just lays it down. Mm. Um, to, to your point though, about, um, about the act structure of, you know, six episodes, like, it feels like this episode was uh, equivalent to, like, OG Avengers, where Steve and Tony are sitting at the table on the helicarrier, and Nick is talking to them about Phil Coulson having been stabbed, and, like, you know, giving them the the playing card, or the uh, trading cards, or whatever, like the Captain America trading cards. It's like, it's that moment where, like, the crescendo happened, and we lost someone. And the someone that we lost was Captain America. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a, I just came up with that. Top of my head. It is them. Welcome. It is them. It, it is kind of that. Uh, except the death and then the refusal of the shield sort of drove them apart for a while, you know? And even in this episode, they they've, they've fought alongside each other, learned to trust each other even more, but they're still... 
like not partners or like we're, we're, we're sort of, sort of partners. We're coworkers, co-workers you know, like colleagues, that whole scene. Couple of guys. Cup, just a couple <laughs> of guys with a mutual friend. And now we're just a couple of guys. Friends gone. And friends gone. <laughs> so now we're just a couple of guys. It's so much fun. Anyway, Jay Scotty, yeah. we're going to send you, if you're all right with it, to your feedback cave. Uh, he's going go. to collect some feedback. And uh, if you're listening to this and you would like to join the live watch and be a part of the conversation on the days these happen, every time we've got a new episode, we're doing an 8 a.m. live watch and a 9 a.m. podcast on Twitch and YouTube. And you can come join us and, uh, and be a part of the conversation right away when these things drop. It's just a lot of fun. So, buddy, Jeff, I think this episode is a masterpiece. And yeah. I, I love where we've gotten with this show and that they took the time to, like, this episode is mostly about building a boat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that, repairing a boat from a time perspective. They spend more time on that boat and like were than anything else. But there's so many iconic and amazing things in this episode. Um, this, the Isaiah Bradley conversation, like make coming back to that story, coming back to the sister story, um, coming back to the Yori story, um, which they haven't done yet, but they like, they, they, they talk about I, that. That's gotta be what they're talking about when, um, they talk about going and giving someone closure. Yeah. Uh, I've, I have no doubt that the last episode, it, we're going to get Winter Soldier going to see Yori and, and give him closure about his son's death. Mr. Nakajima. <laughs> <laughs> As he told Unique. Um, no, I like the, when I, when I first watched, uh, I said, it's so funny. Like I did a bunch of just mouth sounds because I couldn't like form the sentence at first. <laughs> So on first watch um, of this this particular episode, you know, last night, middle of the night, I I thought to myself at the end of it, I was like, man, that was a really slow episode. Hmm. I I don't know that it was my favorite. And then I like I sat with it for a little bit, and then like as I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm thinking about the things that happened, and I was like, no, this this had so much weight to it. And then on the second watch, like is really when it, it hit me just how much emotional weight this episode had and how much this was, uh, I, I don't want to say a character building moment, but like a relationship building moment. Right. Well, it's a lot of resolution to a lot of the things they set up in the first episode. Right. I kind of feel like the, the boat though, uh, is, is, this might be, I might be overstepping my my uh, escapism podcast uh, bounds, <laughs> but it kind of feels like the boat is uh, a metaphor for like America. You know, we can fix it together if we all come together and and you know bring all of our unique skills together. Sure, to to do the thing. It's also just the idea of asking for help when you need it. Um, which I have problems with. Um, yeah, and it, I know. It, 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 like, like <laughs> that's honestly, what I made the GoFundMe. <laughs> I, exactly. Well, I was going to say uh, that scene reminded me of the GoFundMe from th- two weeks ago. Like, um, oh, know. so the this episode, the boat was a metaphor for your computer for this episode of the podcast that is happening for the, now because I'm finally yeah. able to use the new computer right now. Um, right, like, like just, just <laughs> the, the, the thing that she said. Or that, that Sam said, like, 
they're struggling and they give and give and give and give and like remind me of my mom my mom too because she yeah. she's a, she's a she's a big giver she gives 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 with her time and and and, and also she like it, she's going through a lot of hard times right now and like learning to walk again and like there she's done so much for so many people her whole life and those people are all turning around now and helping her and uh trusting those relationships and and I don't by comparing it to the the GoFundMe and the podcast, I don't uh, in in any way intend to compare it to like what uh, Sam's family did or what my mom has done. But like, we made a podcast, people liked it, and then when we were in need, people turned around and helped us get the podcast to continue. Like that, that's the same sort of relationship, and like that was very meaningful to me. Thinking about that situation, it's very meaningful to me thinking about my mom and um. You're gonna make me cry, Matt. No, no, yeah. Like Not it's it. uh all of the all all of those things are very, very uh uh apropos of what's going on in this episode and him just being willing to ask for help uh f- for his sister. So thank you, Jeff, for being willing to make that GoFundMe. You were Sam in the situation. I was the sister, and I got flirted with by Bucky though, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it, 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 it's really cool. And it it also, uh, from a political per- position, like, this is mutual aid, you know? Yeah. One of the big things that the, um, uh, the, the sort of, like, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter movements and things, like, they, they have not, they can't always rely on the institutions to help them, so they are, are, are forming collectives to be able to help each other, you know? Yep. Um, to be able to do things for each other. And that is very much what is going on here. And it, and it came immediately after the line. America will never let there be a, they'll never let there be a black Captain America and no self-respecting black man, whatever would want to, would want to be. Uh, mm. yeah. God rip my heart out. Why don't you? Yeah. Like that whole Isaiah Bradley, uh, monologue. Yeah, I'll call it like that whole sequence of him talking about what happened. Like I was weeping at the end of it. I was weeping before when he was walking into Isaiah Bradley's house with the shield that Isaiah was never able to get. I didn't know. And it was perfect for the character. Sorry, this episode was really emotional for me. Um, It was (laughs) just in general. Yeah. um, But when he goes to Isaiah Bradley's house and like, He's holding the shield in that bag. I started crying like it, when he's outside walking toward the house because I was like, oh, Isaiah never got the shield, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah was a super was soldier. And well, that, but like he never got the metaphorical shield. He was never allowed to be Captain right. America. Um, he never got the mantle passed to him. He was instead thrown in jail because they feared him and they just experimented on him. And I thought we were going to get a scene of Sam saying like this should have been yours and like here's the shield this should have been yours and instead we got a scene of Isaiah Bradley rightfully angry and saying like leave that in the bag those those stars and stripes don't mean anything to me yeah or no they not just they don't mean anything but they don't mean anything good yeah. to me oh, gosh he had another line in there um that is uh, just just hit me real hard too. Uh, 
if you ain't bitter, you're blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> like, oh man. And it, that, like, this episode, n- not just, like, not just the emotional weight of what's happening in this episode, but, like, this episode goes to look back at episode one and be like, if you don't think that the scene in the bank was some sort of systemic racism, then you are fucking blind. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not pissed off at what has happened to Sam because of the color of his skin, there is something wrong with you. Like, that's just... It, it makes it all so poignant. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad on Sam's behalf. <laughs> and I'm mad... I don't know. I'm mad at the people that have written in and be like, oh, it wasn't racist. Like, you're wrong. You're just... You're patently wrong. Well, and that's the thing. Is I don't think that these... People that are saying that, some of them are wrong. Some of them are just patently wrong. And some of them, their definitions are different. You know? Like, they're saying, when they say, that's not racism, they're saying, that banker wasn't necessarily racist. He was he didn't hate Sam. I was raised to believe racism was just when you hated someone of another race. That is That was the definition of racism, and I did not believe it was anything else. So every time someone was like, this is racism... I would say, no, that person doesn't hate them. That person just can't give them a loan because of this. But now that's what systemic racism is, is the the idea that like you can't get a bank loan because even though your father was a pillar of the community, his community and like, and that's the thing is he couldn't get a bank loan, but they could rely on their community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of emotion in this whole series. Like, like I need you to take over because I'm going to cry if I talk more. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what, what's something that we can talk about with Matt to get him off the crying? Oh, how about when <laughs> Sam says, how do we get this off the truck? And then it just lifts up. Who did you think it was? Did oh, I you think it. it was somebody else? Uh, no, I, I, I guess I saw it with Sam pretty quickly, but I loved, I, I, bef- it was Bucky. By, by the time I realized what was going on, I saw it was Sam, or Bucky, I mean. For a brief moment, I was like, did somebody else, is that Isaiah? Like, I was, I was oh, going through the list nice. of possible super soldiers that could have lifted <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, did Carly show up? Like, is she on his side? Did she <laughs> that make that weird. turn? Yeah. Like, does she make that turn real early? Yeah. Um, like, I was going through the list, and then I was like, oh, yeah, duh. It's it's Bucky, obviously. God, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Bradley could have been great as well. If we're going through a list, like, how weird would it have been if it was John Walker, like, trying to <laughs> make peace with things, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially with that broken arm, right? What a freaking supervillain has been created in John Walker, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I understand all the people that think he's you know, just doing this stuff. But this episode, clearly, he has crossed the Rubicon. He is, like, now, he's gone over the over the rainbow or whatever. He's, like, he is a villain. He is. Don't you bring the Bifrost into this. <laughs> <laughs> he has, he's crossed a line. He's yes. crossed the line. I, and and he did, I mean, not that he did anything. It's just his motivations now have shifted. Like yelling at the Senate about like, I am Captain America. You created right. me. You made this. And then I just did what you told me to. Like, first off, no. Like, that is not what Captain America is about. <laughs> Captain America is about uh, the idea of free 
freaking thinking and doing the right thing, not just what you're told to do, sir. Like, that's your problem. That's what makes you different. That's what makes Steve better than you. He would, like, there was a, there's a graphic that was shared in the Strain of Panda chat that I love so much. Like, when Steve Rogers introduced himself, regardless of whether or not he was wearing the Captain America mantle, the, the, you know, any of his outfit, whatever, it was always, I'm Steve Rogers. Mm. Hello, I'm Steve Rogers. It was never Steve Rogers, Captain America. Like, it was never, hi, I'm Captain America. But that's how John leads it every time. It's, hi, John Walker, Captain America. Like, the Captain America mantle is more important to him than who he is as a person. And with Steve, it was always, I'm Steve Rogers. The Captain America thing, that's that's for show, whatever. This is who I am. I'm being this guy. It's really the difference between Steve, Sam, and Bucky, and then John Walker, is that... This this is not a perfect perfect thing I'm about to say, but I think that like they think <laughs> of the as normally things I say are perfect, but this is not right, going to be right. one of those. Just just so I'm, you warned, I'm really so you disappointed. It's it's rare. It's rare that I'm not perfect, but right here, I'm I'm glad that you have the understanding that what's about to happen yeah, is not, yeah. so I can prepare myself. This is not normal, so just <laughs> brace yourself. Um, okay, I think that they view it based on their actions, not their words. Uh, they view being Captain America as a responsibility to uphold. Mm-hmm. And John Walker, even though he's talked about the responsibility and the heavy weight of it in the first episode, yep. his actions and the way he has acted uh, and the way he's spoken about it in these last few episodes show that he thinks of it as a like thing to own, you know, a right. thing that he deserves. Instead of thinking yep. of it as responsibility to live up to, which he did talk about, but like uh, it's it's not the way he's shown himself to act, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And definitely in that last that scene where he's just standing in front of that committee, like it's just such a super villain origin story. And I don't think he's done anything crazy yet since he's done this turn. I mean, he did last episode, but like I'm very. Well, his arm's been broken. No. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. Well, this episode he did like, like, uh, try to kill Sam, like directly lifted his shield to bash Sam's oh, skull in, just like God, he did yeah. in the last episode. Um, and it was scary. I, there were some theories that I've heard going around. Uh, or some ideas and so it'll probably be in the feedback episode. Um, but somebody wrote in one that was like, Sam will be horribly injured and the only way to save his life will be to the super soldier serum. Um, right. and that like Bucky or someone like that will inject him with the super soldier serum. And I like, I don't think that necessarily works like canon wise. Like, I don't know that the serum would work that way, but like, I don't know. It, it, I could see something like that happening. And then when, so when he like lifted up the thing, I was like, Oh no. He's going to get really injured. Oh, no. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> he got his wings torn off. That's, yes, he that's did. That's injury. That is injury that, for Falcon. Injury. I want him to have the wings. I think he's going to. I think, because, you know, like, we had the, we had the, uh, oh, shit. That's the Kevin Spacey thing. Oh, what's in the box. box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Seven. Yeah, seven. Right. Seven. Okay. Uh, Brad Pitt yells what's in the box over and over directed by David right. Fincher. So we're, we're left here as Brad Pitt. What's in the box? Like we know what's in the box. It's his new suit yeah. and it's got wings, 
but it's also very much Captain America. However, the wings got torn off and given to Joaquin yeah. Torres, Torres, who's going to be the new Falcon, and I'm so here for it. Yeah. I am so excited to see. I want to see Joaquin show up in the in the heat of battle uh, in the next episode, just like, I fixed the wings, I think. Whoa! And like, you know, he's not quite used yep. to flying yet, but I like, he's still helpful. Idea. He's so, oh, it would be so great. I love that idea so much. <laughs> I really love the the budding potential romance between Sarah and Bucky and how much that uh, rubs Sam the wrong way. <laughs> that's just always love- great. That's always that's always a good joke. Like it's in so many things, uh, but I love it. Like the the friend flirting with the friend sister. It's just always very funny. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that he was like, Don't flirt with my sister, or else I'll have Carlos cut you up and throw you like feed you to the fish. It's like, oh shit, he's serious. <laughs> oh man. There won't be anything left of the winter soldier after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> One of those itty bitty lines that that like really made me chuckle is when uh the pipe was was spewing and like Sam was trying to fix it and Bucky's like, No no no, you gotta and like he does it, but he does it with his right hand. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then Sam's like, "Why didn't you use the metal arm or the metal hand?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, well, I don't always think of it immediately because you know I'm right-handed." It's so yep. good. That is <laughs> such a funny joke that like it's so high caliber of a joke that it should right? have been. It. These are so movie quality. The movie quality writing on this is just killing me. I love it so much. I love it so much. Yep. Um, let me run through a few of my notes here because just. Uh, uh, one thing, we did a rewatch this morning. I always start to rewatch at like six in the morning because that's when I wake up and I just rewatch the la- the last two episodes while I'm preparing and setting up. And, uh, something I realized, two, two, two major things I realized, I guess three. Uh, <laughs> once Sam has the shield, Carly is all about killing the symbol that is Captain America. She even says killing Sam would mean nothing. We have to kill, kill the, ca- kill Captain America. Like that will right. mean something. And what I realized is like once Sam has the shield, which I, has now happened, and he's now got his new red, white, and blue suit, probably. Um, what that will mean is Carly is going to want to kill him, even though she likes him and has respect for him. She is going to want to kill Sam for her cause, and will probably convince herself that that's the right thing to do. I hope she can overcome it, but I don't know. Yeah. Another thing is like. And Zemo, I think, is off the table now. Yeah, yeah, he's being taken to the raft. Like, it just, watching last episode, I realized how much Zemo would want to kill Walker. And, like, I really wonder if if he goes to the raft, and we talk about his Thunderbolts thing, if he goes to the raft, and now we've got this other um, character uh, of Walker who seems like he might be ripe for Thunderbolts as well, um that could easily lead to them being on a team together, which I think could be fascinating. Like Zemo being on a team with this guy who he definitely wants to kill, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And really he'd so want to kill all of them. You know what I mean? Like if he ended up on the Thunderbolt somehow, like he'd constantly be wanting to kill everyone on his team. That's just a fun character to me. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of a, a constant thing of the Thunderbolts though, is like, they're all, you know, other than the, the heroes that were leading it, like, um, I think Hawkeye at one point was leading it. Like they, all of the other people like just constantly hate everybody else on the team. So they're just like trying to nip at them and yeah. you know, maybe get them killed. Why, um, why do you think Zemo doesn't want to kill uh, Bucky? 
I don't know, man. Like he he said he came to terms with it. He mm-hmm. he holds no grudges for what he thought he had to do. Yeah, like what is he talking about there? I could I don't know. I could I was trying to, I was I like I wrote that line down. I hold no grudges for what you thought you had to do. Like what? What is the thing that he thought he had to do? I have no idea. And like I'm thinking like their previous relationship, all we know is like Zemo murdered T'Chaka in his name and then like they had to fight to but they Bucky never did anything to Zemo. Zemo and Bucky wasn't involved in the Sokovia um situation at all. What what did he have to do? I'm sorry. I don't know. Turn him over like, to the Dormelage, maybe? But, like, it seems like that decision had been made before he knew that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That that that, that was a weird line that I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when they were grabbing the shield off of Walker's hand, and it was, like, slipping out, and it was slowly pulling away from the bands, I was like, Thanos. Lucky Peter Quill isn't there, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> to, to interrupt <laughs> this process. Lucky Peter Quill isn't there to hit him in the face and interrupt the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they broke his arm. Ew. Yeah. Ooh, it was pretty Chris. it was pretty pretty crazy. Um the other thing I realized watching last week's episode uh that I think is an important point in the difference between Carly and uh Walker. Carly is talking about making more super soldiers that episode. Right. She's discussing whether they should. And she's discussing it with her second in command. She's having a conversation with someone she trusts and asking their perspective on what she's doing. She's not only taking her own counsel. You know what I mean? Yep. Walker does ask Lamar, what would you do if you had the chance to take the serum? So he tries to get his perspective, but he's keeping the fact that he has that opportunity to himself. So even though he's like sort of having the same conversation He's very much keeping it a secret because he knows what he wants to do and he knows Lamar would stop him or like would, would probably not be on board. I don't know. Like there's, there's like a, there's a weird thing there. Lamar did say like repeatedly, like you got three congressional medals of honor. Like you're such a great soldier. You've always done the right thing in the heat of battle. Like hype man, hype man, hype man. <clears throat> but that's that's before. I don't know that he would necessarily stop it. That's without him knowing, though. He also knows that he's dangerous, though. He knows that he doesn't d- deal with his problems right all the time. He says you got to stop f- fighting all your problems by punching them. Like he knows yeah. that Walker is a little unstable, and I think if actually faced with that choice, he might have gotten some pushback. And I just think it's notable that even if he wouldn't have gotten some pushback, I think it's notable that he kept it a secret nonetheless. You know, well. So you remember when Carly was saying that, you know, they, after they took the, the serum or after they had the serum injected or whatever, like it felt like her veins were on fire Yeah, and she would have welcomed death. Um, we never got a sequence of that with John, mm-hmm. with John Walker. Yeah. So like, how long does that last is my question. But yeah, I, I'm starting to think that maybe in that moment when he was asking Lamar what he thought. And he's, like, leaning on the table with his head in his hands. Like, you know, it looks like he's hung over. But, like, I think he might be struggling with, like, he might have already taken the serum at that point. 
and might be struggling with the the feeling of like the pain, you know, his veins on fire, the pain. That's and all po- that. that's possible. It just doesn't seem that that's. He doesn't seem. So they're not leading us to that, right? right. Yeah, it, it's definitely possible. It's definitely, and even even if he doesn't have that actively happening, he's still dealing with this new power and different feelings in his body that he doesn't understand or know. <laughs> Your body's going through some changes, <laughs> <laughs> Walker. You're going to get some hair in some strange places. Um, <laughs> I just imagine Steve Rogers like turning a chair around, sitting down, like your body's going through some changes. <laughs> I know a thing or two about that. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah, I, I think like either way, I think Lamar would have given him some wisdom that he that he may not have wanted at that moment. I think like taking it while he's still out in the field was a mistake while he's still actively pursuing a suspect while he doesn't have time to train. Like it just, it was all a mistake. And I think Lamar might have given him some of that advice, but instead Walker kept it a secret. And I think that like, I think often in superhero media, the thing that is the line between a hero and a villain is often a villain only takes their own counsel. Really? And like keeps secrets and keeps things to themselves while a hero, did I say hero? Anyway, a hero actually has friends who support them and keep them on the straight and narrow, you know, help them have guard posts in their life that like guide them to correct answers, you know? Right, right. We saw the same thing in uh, Age of Ultron when Tony decided to compartmentalize information and we saw the fallout of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tony's a villain. I've been saying it. Pony is a villain, a lovable, lovable <laughs> villain, but he is a villain. Um, yep. <laughs> he is the, the MCU's biggest villain, the, <laughs> the biggest problem. Definitely the biggest cause of villains. And that's kind of, it's the Batman story. You know, it's like, yeah, like when, when visions like whatever, uh, the power invites, uh, whatever challenge, right? It's like, no, Iron Man just creeps creating inviting challenge. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> Not only is it Iron Man's existence that like is creating challenges, but like he he was on the news specifically saying, "This is my address. Come at me, bro. Come challenge me." <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I kind of want a, a recut of that scene with Thanos when he's like, "I hope they remember you." And it's like, well, how could we forget? This guy's messed up pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I wish we could forget him. Jesus. (laughs) Well, that's the interesting thing. Like this whole age of heroes that has been created by Tony Stark. Like he started this whole thing. We have yet to really explore the question. And I guess we kind of are with the Sokovia Accords is like, are heroes a good thing? And I love that this universe is not afraid to sort of ask that question, even though it's their bread and butter. They're still like willing to talk about, you know, like, should heroes be a little more controlled? What's the way to do this? How should we be using this force? You know, it's, it's, it's I, I just love this universe. I love it. Um, <laughs> we get a Rocky montage this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, we did very Complete much with kids chasing him. Mm-hmm. Gray sweatsuit. Gray sweatsuit. That gray sweatsuit scene I loved because he's wearing almost the same gray sweatsuit at one point. It has like the long pants. It looks just like what Rocky wears, but they kind of kept him in silhouette so as not to be like (laughs) too like on the nose. They showed him in other shots with like shorts and t-shirts, but there's one shot where he's like actually wearing a gray sweatsuit and I was like, yes, that's totally a Rocky reference. He probably, he he was probably like, you know what? I I need a Rocky montage to, to do some training. 
he puts on the gray sweatsuit and he's like, oh shit, I forgot. I'm in New Orleans. This is an awful idea. <laughs> it's muggy as shit. He only does it for like a scene where he's like under a tree and silhouetted in darkness. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that's the only place you can wear that in the South. You, that yeah, right. And it's year. still hot. Yeah, exactly. Because the humidity. <laughs> we find out this episode that not, yes, Bucky knew that he was going to pass the shield to Sam. He told him that was who he was planning. Yep. yep. But he says, like, you got that right. He says, when Steve told me what he was planning, I think now we know, we didn't know for sure before, and I think we do now, that Bucky knew he was planning to spend his life with Peggy, or at least go back in time and stay there. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, I love that. Yep. I love that. I love that he talked to his best friend, and I wish we would have gotten that scene. Um, oh, I know yes. why we didn't, like, but I kind of wish we still would, you know, like if we got a Bucky show, I wish we'd get an old man cap, like telling him, you know, <laughs> that's just such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wouldn't have been old man cap telling him it would have been, you know, young, uh, that's true. I was about to call him right, Steve right, right. Evans, Chris <laughs> Rogers. Like I've blended him. I say that. And, and, I, and I was thinking the same thing. It would have had to been young Steve, but it could have been old Steve who came to Bucky three weeks ago. Right. And said, oh, yeah, that still could be a beautiful scene. Like, like he comes to Bucky. He's like, hey, I'm I'm Steve Rogers. He's like, I don't know about that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. You're going to go say goodbye to me now. Or like he he could have showed up like right before that, right before they walk up to the platform. You know, it could have been like that, like could have been when Bucky was putting his arm on that morning or whatever. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Old Steve's like, this is our last chance to talk because I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna need to talk to Sam later. Um, that's yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Be sure fun. to stand exactly right here to kind of block the view of me from from Sam. <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm gonna be. It, they really coordinated it. They did some blocking. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like it. a it was like a flash mob kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. There's like a whole time and uh, trial and error sequence where they both travel back and forth to, <laughs> yeah, to get right. just right. <laughs> like every time Sam's like, who's that? He's like, damn it. <laughs> uh, last thing I, we, we touched on a little bit, but Val tell, so this is, we think this is Madam Hydra. Who is this lady? Who's Val? Oh, I don't know anything about this character. There is no think about it. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is from comics and her, um, like her notable alias is, Madam Hydra. Interesting. Like, yeah. Um, Viper is another, another name that she has taken on, but she's, um, she wasn't the first Viper, but she's, she is definitely a, um, uh, an agent of Hydra. Um, but mm. she's also been, uh, affiliated with Leviathan, um, Janus and shield. I'm curious if they will go the way of Hydra or if this will be something like, you know, obviously it's going to be some sort of evil, Evil Avengers, basically. Dark Avengers, maybe. Maybe the Thunderbolts. She's putting, she's, she's definitely Nick Fury in that moment, right? I'm putting together a team. Like, here's my, basically, here's my card. Yeah. Like, that's what's happening. And I don't know yet if they're going to go the Hydra route, but they're definitely doing something with that. And I'm, I think, here for I it. think we're going Dark Avengers. Cause it seems like she is, I don't know, like, she seems to be thinking that she has control of, uh, of what the Senate is doing or like mm. can override. Like she's, she's all, she's Palpatine right there. She's like, I am the Senate, but like, 
I don't know. <laughs> in the MCU, you know, where is she? What is she? Um, what is her power? You know, what what does she control? Right. She does seem to have, like, knowledge of how the government's running and what's going to happen. She's like, oh, she's, I forget the line she says, but she's like, yeah, there's just things you don't know about, but don't worry, this is going to happen fine, or whatever. Like, she, like, reassures yeah. him in a weird way. When he, when she came to him, I thought that might actually, like, take the wind out of the sails of the Walker story. I thought maybe that was it for him for the series. Like, uh, that was his villain origin, and then we were going to move on, or whatever. But then, uh, then that cut to him later making his own shield. Right? Right. Well, there was also, no, I mean, the next thing for him was him lying to Lamar's parents. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, or, well, and I guess sister lying to Lamar's family, hmm. which is just absolutely the worst. Yeah. Like you're, if you're, if you're going to lie about what happened, like, you know, do, do something do something that like helps them be more at peace of like, Oh yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't painful. Uh, he passed in his sleep, you know, like any other lie other than like, Oh yeah, the, the guy that I killed killed him. So, you know, everything's good. Like mm, there's other people that were there that saw that moment happen who were going to out you. Like you're just an asshole. John Walker, you're just an asshole. <laughs> that's that's fairly true. Um, okay, so is it time we turn to the chat and see what everybody else yeah. is saying? Sounds good. Let's turn to the chat. Uh, let's bring Jay Scotty on the scene. What is happening, Jay Scotty? Uh, a lot is happening, so I will say the quality of this episode is reflected in the amount of feedback we got. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good conversations happening, so I'll go ahead and provide that caveat that uh, I did get everybody's feedback, but unfortunately I will not be able to get to everything just because there was so much there, but uh, I'll try to hit the most uh, relevant stuff here. Yeah. So uh, we do have Mr. Starosky coming back, uh, repeating his little uh, tradition from last week where he gives us his thoughts on the episode in one long-winded sentence, so let me do my (laughs) best here to read this. Once again, I'm at work, so here's my feedback dump. (laughs) Holy shit, the score. Bucky is officially (laughs) Bakey. Speaking of (laughs) Bakey, I'm shipping Shucks, Sharon Bucky, Mm. F.U. lying scum John Walker, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Madam Effing Hydra. That's I love this episode. Yeah. I'm glad John's arm is broken. F you, Captain Fomerica. <laughs> I, oh, just to piggyback off of that, uh, just somebody else providing their their overall thoughts on the episode. Lauren Waters is uh, saying, best episode yet, in my opinion. Love finally digging into Sam's character, who I think has been criminally underserved thus far in his own show. Mm. I, wish I wish this had been the show all along, as it feels like the show as a whole has been a bit tonally inconsistent and unfocused. I think that's true. That's definitely true. Uh, listen to the superhero ethics guys. Uh, Paul, I don't know if he's in the chat today, but, uh, Paul has been, has seen been really trumpeting that. The, uh, Paul Hoppy from the superhero ethics, uh, podcast. They've been covering this week to week. Um, and we're going to, uh, hopefully guest over there, um, and do oh, a wrap cool. up cast of, of the show. Um, but, uh, they keep talking about the same thing, how it's really totally inconsistent. The first two episodes were one thing, and then the third and fourth were very different. And I definitely think that's true. I don't think that can even really be argued. They're very different tones, but I still like the third and fourth episode. They're, 
they were great. I thought they were my favorites up until that point. I think five is better because I think it kind of fuses all those things together. We get the action in the beginning, but we also go back to these human character stories that are important. And I don't think we ever left those human character stories. We just, we went into this like sort of middle point where we had all these action set pieces and big sort of events. And it's sort of like they're dealing with, like they're back at their normal lives at the beginning of the episode. Then they go off on a mission. And what I love about this is it's like, we never really see that from the Avengers. This is what the Avengers do. They like go out on a big mission and then they have to go live their lives. And this has been an an example of like those first two episodes, they're living their lives. Well, the first episode particularly. And then that third and fourth, they're off globe trotting on a Avengers mission for lack of a better term, even though it's not Avengers. And then now they're back in their normal lives looking for leads to see when their next mission is. And we get to see what that's really like to be an Avenger and come back to your normal lives. And I love this normal life stuff, but like, The Avengers stuff is pretty interesting too. Going off and fighting yeah. the Dormelage and like, uh, yeah. it's, it's all super fun to me. I, I, I like both of these tones, I guess. I think one of the, uh, one of the things about the, the normal life, uh, sequence that I just loved so completely was when Sam is sitting on the edge of the boat, like trying to use a hammer to, to pry mm-hmm. up the metal railing, yeah. uh, <laughs> off of the boat. And then Bucky just walks up with his metal arm and grabs it and just peels it off. It's like, <laughs> that's exactly what, ha- what, that's exactly what would happen for somebody who has superpowers. They would use them. Like Thor would probably use his hammer to tap a nail in <laughs> or, you know, or he would push it in with his thumb cause he's super strong. But like, you know, that's the thing. Like they would use their superpowers to help them with whatever project they're working on, you know? Mm. Yeah. And then just to kind of speak to the the shifting tone, someone will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the first two episodes in this episode were written by Marcus Spellman, and uh, that just kind of speaks to tackling more of the the issues like head on. You know, in the first episode we had the issue with the banker scene, in the second episode we had the cops um, having that confrontation with Sam, and then obviously things came pretty much to a head with that that whole scene with Isaiah Bradley today, and I think that just speaks to Marcus Spellman's perspective and um sensitivity to that that whole yeah. area mm. yeah tell me what else he has uh he's been a part of mr scotty you seem well, to know man weird weirdly he was supposed to be a part of that canceled show on hbo uh that the that benioff and weiss were supposed to do called confederacy which is yeah just kind of strange but i guess the the thought there was if you were going to do a show about that you at least need to have some black perspective uh, looking at his imdb he's done uh empire okay um, yeah Hip Hop Uncovered and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Truth Be Told. I think Empire's his biggest claim to fame. It's Malcolm Spellman, by the way. It looks like. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, no problem. He's the head writer on uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. The reason I bring all that up is because we did get some uh, some feedback from both uh, YouTube and the Twitch um, that pertain to this. And I, I definitely wanted to bring it up. So first of all, we've got Buddha Baby 6. Um, what a, saying, great, what a great screen name. Thank you for that. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, she says, as a black woman in the United States, I like that we got to see a very realistic way in which people of color react to the situation. You have people like Isaiah who are saying to continue to try to fight to help these people it is to not have respect for who you are and what they put us through. Mm. And then you get the people who, with the help of a group who said, no, we persevere, we help ourselves. And then we reach out and help others because that's how you make it change. 
Mm. And then uh, in YouTube, Araf says, the show hasn't talked explicitly about Sam's blackness until this episode. I am so grateful that we got it. We got that. Me too. We needed it said out loud what a black Captain America would mean for Sam in the United States. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I feel like there's so many... Like, here I go making, like, sweeping broad strokes generalizations again, but I feel like there's so many people that, like, until it's explicitly said that, like, in the show, that a black Captain America is not something that America would accept, or, you know, until they explicitly say, like, this thing is controversial, they'll they'll deny that that's even a thing. That's even and, part of the discussion, yeah. Right, that it's even in the discussion, on the table, like... I'm I'm so happy that they finally they finally were just like look okay this is it like I know that the guys at the MCU cast have been saying all of this nuance is here and they've been talking about it because that's what those guys do but like <laughs> for the rest of you plebs like <laughs> that's clearly what the writers are thinking right they're they're talking to us it's the thing uh, I'm 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 glad. Uh, is that Buddha Baby that sent that in? Buddha Baby Six. Thank yes. you, Buddha Baby Six. Um, I am feeling the same way. I, I said this in the very first, our very first review of this was that like the way they treated the banker scene was a Rorschach test uh, for like a lot of these scenes are sort of this Rorschach test for like how you're going to view this show. And like, you can either think that's a racist scene or not. And they left it very ambiguous. And I was saying in the first episode, I wasn't happy with that. I got a lot of pushback through, throughout the season from listeners who said, it is a good thing because you don't want the racism to be so blatant that people can't. That it's a trope? Yeah, that it's a trope or that people look at that racism and go, well, that's not me, so I'm okay. You know what I mean? And this show is instead like walk this very thin line where it's like, is this racist or is this not? You can decide. And like some lines are further than others. But like this was obviously with this Isaiah Bradley conversation, it's – it's very much more explicit and I, I'm glad they went there. But what's interesting to me is I think the thing that it leaves on the table is not so much can Sam be the next Captain America or can, will, will America allow it or whatever. The question now is does Sam want it? Like that's really yeah. the question that Isaiah leaves. Cause he says no self-respecting black man would want to be. Exactly. And you can see the, the turmoil that leaves in Sam. Sure. It's like in that scene, you can tell he's trying so hard not to cry. Yeah. And he's trying so hard not to weep for Isaiah. And Isaiah says to him, you know, no self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. And that just throws Sam for a loop because, you know, why wouldn't he want to be Captain America? Like, it's such a great honor to be Captain America. But then again, like, obviously, after seeing John Walker... You're a symbol for somebody that, or you're a symbol for a country that obviously, or, you know, if obvious to some, don't care about these particular people. And after hearing Isaiah's story, he's like, God, you know, it's, it's such a struggle to accept it, but it, he's kind of right. And Isaiah's like, you think times have changed? You think anything has changed? And like, after watching 13th, on Netflix, Ava DuVernay is an amazing storyteller, or not storyteller, but um, 
an amazing writer and director. Like after watching that, I'm like, oh shit, we haven't. It's uh, Isaiah's right. Oh no. Like I think Isaiah, I a lot of that guilt just kind of you know sure, pours over me. Sure, and and I think that Isaiah is obviously right in some ways, mm-hmm. but but it is still about who you want to be. I also am not going to sit here and say that like things are as bad as they always were because we are changing. We are changing slowly as a country and like we're growing and changing. And so like, I do think that Sam can step forward and not go to jail or like, like, like Isaiah had to, you know, um, I think there might be forces that push back, but I think it's, I think it's possible for him. I don't think that he's right. I don't think Isaiah is right that, that that America will never accept Sam. Yeah, um, I mean things have changed, but we're not sure if it's for the better. <laughs> well, the, uh, we, we hope we hope it has. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, as much as uh, there are still problems, absolutely and horrible problems, and I'm definitely not saying in any way that these things are over. I do think that long arc of history bends toward justice and things are moving in the right direction. Even if we have missteps and, and, and it's the arc is long. It's we're going to do this, but the arc is long and it's bending toward justice. I do believe that still. Um, but the thing that I find interesting from a character perspective here is that Sam is being told this by Isaiah who he respects and he feels as this tragic figure, but he's being told by his best friends Steve and Bucky, basically, like, this is your shield. Like, this is your responsibility. You know, like, yeah. Sam gave, or Steve gave this to you. You resisted it, and look what happened. It's, it's just like someone said earlier. I think, uh, uh, that, like, look what happened when, when, when Bucky throws that shield to him and Sam's wiping the blood off. It's like, there's a little bit of guilt there because he let this happen because he gave up the shield. Right. And so now he's stuck between this rock and this hard place of like, he feels personally responsible for the shield and the symbol that it is, but he also is being told that no self-respecting black man would take that shield. And that is yeah. absolutely fascinating um, place to put the character. And I need him to tell – I need him not only to make a decision, I need him to like have a really good – conversation next episode about what he thinks that shield means, you know, like yeah. what, how, how he is embracing it. What, what it, as a captain America, who is he, you know, I think that's going to happen with between him and Carly. I think that he's going to have a conversation a with Carly in that she's going to say that symbol means, you know, everything wrong with the world. And I'm ready to kill you for it. And I'm ready to kill you for it. He's going to tell her what that means. Yeah. He's going to say to her something along the lines of, Yes, that may me that may be what it means to you, but what it means to me is, you know, this and the only way that we can fix what this means is together by coming together to try to repair it. Right. Like we have to work together to repair this image. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, like he's probably going to have to fight her and and put her in jail or whatever. But like, I, I really want that conversation to happen. There's also um, the conversation between Walker and him that can happen as well. And I think right. all of that, I, I just love it, man. I love that we're coming up on a big UN Avengers heavy, like, like let's go in and fight scene 
but like we're also coming to all of these character development moments sort of like coming to a head and we're we should get uh you know walker the perspective of walker the perspective of bucky the perspective of sam the perspective of carly like all these characters sort of like intersecting and and what does the shield mean to them what does america mean to them we also got some mustache swirling in batrock the leaper Mm -hmm. (laughs) falcon screwed me out of a of a bunch of money i'm gonna kill him for it right just pure vengeance that's yeah that's a nice little added uh added twist there (laughs) yeah you bring up batrock we do have some feedback regarding him uh feedback bvk brian v klein <laughs> feedback. he said he couldn't stay long but he has a question was sharon using batrock to help or to set up carly the flag smashers i think that this that scene that one little teensy little scene with sharon goes further in the direction of sharon's power broker i think that she called batrock to help Carly and kind of put Sam and Bucky and Walker in the position to have a conflict, a clash with, um, with Carly and the flag smashers in order to try to kill Carly. Like I, I really think that she's the power broker. That made me think that too, but it's definitely possible. She's just working for the power broker still. Um, but who is the power broker and what is their end game? Like they apparently have this like layer with satellites and like, you know, it looks like almost Avengers level tech happening around them, shield level tech. Like, I don't know. What is, what is the power broker? Who is the power broker? What is going on? <laughs> Why is the power broker? How is the power broker? <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me that I can't remember the line of dialogue off the top of my head, but Val said something to John Walker that indicated like she had full knowledge of that whole skirmish that she shouldn't have had. And I, all I could think in like, and the back of my head was the power broker is watching. Not only is the whole world watching in that episode, Ooh. but we know like before that the power broker is watching was something that was said over and over again. Ooh. Well, there was also that was on that was sprayed that that was graffitied onto the walls of Madripoor that mm-hmm. the power right. broker is watching. And I think the thing that she wasn't supposed to know is that John Walker doesn't have the shield. Oh she yes, was like, yes. That's don't right. worry about the shield. I know you don't have that. Right. And he was like, right. what? <laughs> do you think that Val could be the power broker? Nah. I think that she's another she's another entity that the power broker is working with. I think that we're like she's she's effectively another Norman Osborn at this point. Okay. Uh, a Norman Osborn, a Doctor Doom, a you know, a person in power somewhere. Right. Um that's She's part of the cabal. That's what it is. It's the cabal. <laughs> Namor. We're getting Namor, you guys. Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto uh, confirmed. So, <laughs> it's just not an episode of the MCU cast without that being said at least once now. Right. <laughs> it's an interesting point that she knew that information. We know the power broker was watching. Um, and we know these, we know literally Sharon was watching and Sharon was tracking all of this. So is it possible that she knows that because Val is somehow connected with Sharon. Like, even if we, who cares who the power broker is, that moniker, but it does seem like Sharon might be working with Val, whatever moniker they go with. I've got a lot of confidence that I, I think Val might be the power broker because if all the vials are gone, all the serum's gone, and John Walker's the only mm. last subject, that's why she would have such a vested interest in him, and that's why she makes herself known right then and there and wants him to trust her 
and see her as a as an ally like that to have yeah. him right in her pocket. I mean, it don't, it only makes sense to me, but um, and Julie Louis Dreyfus, come on, I, I, we haven't <laughs> mentioned it. Like, I was I'm really interested in the character and what's going on, but like, she's great and yeah. she's great in a lot of things, and I'm really excited to see her in this. And that's she another wonderful character who's going to be complex and charismatic and interesting to watch on top of their villainy. You know, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she like she looked so in that moment she looked so formal and she looked so uh like businesswoman and in charge but then she also had like streaks of blue in her hair like, yeah. woven in there i was like oh she's business casual like <laughs> what's going on here business she's casual got, with the punk hair i like it yeah she's got she's got all kinds of, of facets covered on this one she's gonna be complex <laughs> and then she gives the business card that's just blank. So oh, yeah, great. like it's Wakandan tech. <laughs> Do you think something will happen with that business card later? Like, will disappearing we'll shine ink, it under UV? Yeah, right. Or like something happen when when she needs to call him? Will like uh, something appear with coordinates or some crazy thing? Does she have connection to Doctor Strange? Yeah, or w- Doctor Strange tech or Wakandan tech or like Lord of the Rings, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Only in fire is the text revealed. Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel Muzzy did have some feedback that was pertinent to uh, Val. And uh, this is to Jeff specifically. He says, Jeff will know what this means, but mm-hmm. I think we'll see Val play the Victoria hand role in the Dark Avengers. Ooh, okay. I like it. I thought of Victoria hand because of the, the hair. Okay. Um, and I was actually for a second before she said her name, I was like, is this Victoria hand or is this where we finally like completely break away from shield being a thing? I mean, her name does start with a V. It does. It does. She's got the, <laughs> she's got the colorful hair. She's somehow involved in these, uh, organizations. I think that's a good call, Muzzy. Well, it was Victoria all along. No, 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 no. <laughs> Victoria hand though, um, in comics in, in, at least in dark Avengers, she was more like a, um, almost like an executive assistant of Norman Osborn. Okay. And I don't really see this character that the JLD puts up there as being the, um, the 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 executive assistant type. Like she's too boss bitch in control. You know. Well, Julia Louis Dreyfus is coming off of Veep, so yeah, she's not playing. Uh, well, she was second fiddle to somebody. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe she's exactly a veep, you know, like exactly. What <laughs> That's she kind is. of exactly what she was doing. <laughs> Run through a couple more there, Jay Scotty. Let's hit, let's hit yeah, a speed yeah. round. Uh, we we brought up the uh, the superhero ethics podcast, and the host of that show, our ethical panda Matthew Fox, has some uh, feedback regarding John Walker. Uh, there is a moment in The Boys when I feel sympathy for Homelander. He's an utter monster, but it was the actions of others that made him that way. And I hate, I hate it, but I hate it, but feel sympathy. Walker gave me that same feeling this episode. Him shouting, you built me to the people in charge of that cat program was so powerful because he's right. He's doing exactly what they made him into. It's still 100% his fault and it doesn't excuse him, but it makes his story tragic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Gives him some pathos yeah. to go along with his villainy, which is just makes a better story, makes a better, more human story. I, I'm I'm blown away by that uh, character. I'm pissed off that I can't just hate the character. Can't I just hate a character? <laughs> right. Please. Like, let me just not like him for all reasons. No, no, that's no fun. Uh, we have been... 
talking about yeah. the idea of a Dark Avengers or a Thunderbolts or something like that coming. This episode to me proves that it's coming. Oh yeah. Uh, Val showing up and, and talking to John Walker, like this is not the end of that story. You know what I mean? Like this is that Sam Jackson moment of like, I'm, I'm building a team and like, right. we know that's coming. And I don't think we're going to get any more of it in this series. I think that's coming in a future movie or series. And I am so here for that. I like, I feel like I know that a uh, spoiler alert for Mandalorian announcements that n- never mind. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> At the end of Mandalorian season two, they end the series with like, uh, with a, with a series announcement. They announced another series as the, as a post credit sequence of Mandalorian. Oh yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Um, and like, I could totally see them doing that with this show. Like there's so many little threads left undone that I totally see them being like, whatever, Thunderbolts coming in, da 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 or whatever. Like I could totally see that. Or, or a movie. Like I love that this is all connected. It's so much fun. And I love how like thematic that would be because we got that announcement with all these like new series that we can expect. And the fact that like the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers are all like centered around like sub subterfuge and whatnot. Like that would be so cool if it was just the like dark horse series or movie that we knew nothing about until it was time. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. Final piece of feedback is very appropriate here. Waterfall Angel Sharon says, what's in the box? (laughs) Definitely a Captain America suit. That's definitely a new cap suit. Definitely a new cap suit. We got a little flash of white when he when he opened the box, and uh, that's all I need. That's I like confirmed. It's the new cap suit. It's got it's got wings. He's he's gonna be red, white, and blue Falcon. I you know for the longest time, whenever I was like, um, whenever I was kind of ribbing Marvel because you know they listen to me. I was ribbing Marvel for turning Falcon into Captain America. I kept calling him Captain Falcon because mm. um, I'm an asshole that does that. But um, no, this is his Captain America suit. Like yeah. this is this is where it is. Yeah, you don't think there's a slight possibility it just might be a badass set of Wakandan wings, kind of like the the Midnight Angels from Tanahasi Coates run? Ah, uh, no. Okay. Nah, <laughs> not for not for Sam. I okay. uh, I do think it's possible that it is a badass set of Wakandan wings, but I do think the color scheme yeah. will match his. Why can't uh, we have both? Exactly. Like I really want him <laughs> to have both. I don't want him to stop his. He's just so good. And like when he tells Torres he can keep the wing, or like keep him. Uh, I do hope that means Torres is coming back as Falcon. But I don't yep. want that to mean the, the that Sam's flying days are over. Sam is so good at it. He's so cool. Actually, I um. <laughs> We were, I was talking to Alyssa last night, um, about this. It's actually funny. I talked to two of my friends last night who are less in, uh, Alyssa, my girlfriend, and then another friend, Spencer, who are, are less into this stuff. And, and, and I was like talking about how people are pushing back on Sam being the new cap. Um, and I was like, I just, I just think it's stupid. And he's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really want him to stop flying though. And so did Alyssa. Alyssa was like, the only reason I don't want him to be Cap is because I don't want him to stop flying. I love his suit and everything. And I was like, that's funny. Like, as non, whatever, non-comics people or, like, whatever, it's like they they think uh, you just have to be Captain America. You have to be, like, a ground guy with a shield. But I just think that can absolutely combine those things and be like, 
Yeah. Like Captain Falcon, like you said, like I want that. I want Captain America <laughs> Falcon. Punch. Falcon punch. Falcon shield throw. Like I want that. I want him like in the air with the shield doing everything. I want it. <laughs> I want him racing in a car. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, and in the in the comics, he he still has his wings. You know, he's yeah. he's still he's still got the the Sam Wilson Falcon history, and you know he's he can still fly. But like it, him becoming Captain America makes. Captain America more powerful in my opinion. Right. Cause like With now he also has the air. He can fly, but he also doesn't have the uh, super soldier serum in the comics. In the, in the MCU. In the comics either. I'm pretty sure. We talked about I this last he... week. Somebody gave feedback on it. Well, no, that was Eli. Eli doesn't have it. No, nah, I'm pretty sure at least, I, I don't know. At some point he probably gets it. Who knows? Muzzy. Muzzy? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? So we'll settle this. I'm, I, I thought for pretty for sure he did not have the serum, at least at first. I, I don't know. I've read some, read a few of those. Um, but I may be wrong. Someone, yeah. someone will, someone will send us feedback. Um, I really need to, uh, I really need to go back and read that new, like all new, all different Captain America series. Mm. Cause that, um, I'm, I'm kind of like, sadly, I'm, I'm behind on that. I, I was not always the biggest Captain America fan, so when they came out with that, I was like, cool, that's fine, but I'm going to go read Jane Foster Thor. I I would just like to say that the what's in the box question, I think it's possible that it's a robotic uh, Wakandan replica of Pepper Potts' head. Oh, God. <laughs> Why would you do that, Matt? So dark. <laughs> it's a Well, I made it a Wakandan replica instead of... Instead of her actual head, but yeah, it's still well, bad. See, now you went there. Now you went there. Like, it's still bad. Like Kamoyo beads, like making her, the shape yeah, of her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like it's just like a cool thing they sent. Like, look, look at these new. Uh, I don't know paperweights we made. <laughs> Subscribe to Goop. <laughs> Subscribe to Goop. <laughs> Those are different beads. Um, <laughs> We'll be back soon, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, If you want to join us next week, I'm so excited about the finale. We will be uh, – join the Stranded Panda chat. It is in the the show notes. You can click on the Stranded – it's facebook.com slash group slash SP chat. And it uh, will be posting the senior links and everything else there. I'll also put the senior link in the show notes today. Uh, So you can go follow us there and on – uh, at, at 8 a.m. Uh, Central on next Friday, we'll be watching the finale together, and then we'll be going immediately into a podcast on Twitch and YouTube. So come join us. We're all over the place. We're doing this thing, making this podcast. And uh, thank you, Jay Scotty, for being with us. Uh, tell the people what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are a fan of comic book stuff, it is a great time to be alive. Not only do we have this phenomenal series, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropping every Friday, but there's also a great series on Amazon Prime called Invincible, which if you're not watching, I highly recommend. And I've got a podcast that I do with uh, fellow panda Zuhair Ali called Animation Deliberation. It's the podcast where we take action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. So if that's your thing, uh, please come join us there. We're a new show, but we've already gotten a lot of good feedback. Uh, appreciate the appreciate the listenership already, and I'm really excited for the opportunity. So check it out, please. Yeah, I'm super excited that you guys got a, such a cool show like Invincible 
so early in your run of uh, you guys just started the podcast and then Invincible dropped and everyone was like, the pandas need to cover Invincible. And I was like, well, there's a podcast for that. Uh, <laughs> we have an animation podcast now that just started. So that's super fun. Um, so mm-hmm. everybody – Join, uh, join them, uh, at the, just search animation deliberation in your podcast app and subscribe. Correct. Um, and, uh, Jeff, thanks for doing a podcast with me today. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you want to keep going for a little bit? You want to, want to do this again? Um, I, on Monday. Yeah. Monday okay. night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I meant like in general, should we, we should probably do this again. Oh yeah. This was fun. This was fun. We should make a thing out of it. Maybe once or twice a week. Just a couple of guys with a mutual podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, these three guys are going to go. Peace. Later. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.